Hillsong Church. And, and I've, I've known a lot about Hillsong and, and their worship. All of us, I mean, we, we sang one of their, their songs today. Um, but I've never heard the message, a message delivered by the, the senior pastor there. And, and he was talking about being spiritually alive. And I've just taken a few snippets from his message. I, th- I thought that was very powerful. And uh, to get into the book of Acts, um, it's a transition period. You know, the, the Jews, they, they had heard or they had read from the word that, that there would come a day when the Messiah would come. So they were all expecting. And we just see how the first church was established and, um, you know, there was no uh, newspaper, there was no telephone, um, there, was, there was a communication by the people and how it went out. We're going to see uh, just how someone who was really just allowed to be taught and was even more powerful after he received that wisdom. So uh, the main scripture, we're going to go in Acts 18. Starting in verse 24. Apollos is instructed at Ephesus. Meanwhile, a Jew named Apollos, an eloquent speaker who knew the scriptures well, had arrived in Ephesus from Alexandria in Egypt. He had been taught the way of the Lord, and he taught others about Jesus with an enthusiastic spirit and with accuracy. However, he knew only about John's baptism. When Priscilla and Aquila heard him preaching boldly in the synagogue, They took him aside and explained the way of God even more accurately. Apollos had been thinking about going to Achaia, and the brothers and sisters in Ephesus encouraged him to go. They wrote to the believers in Achaia, asking them to welcome him. When he arrived there, he proved to be of great benefit to those who by God's grace had believed. He refuted the Jews with powerful arguments in public debate. Using the scriptures, he them that Jesus was the Messiah. So he was, he was doing great things. He was trained in his ability to speak. He was a man who had evidence of being spiritually alive. Through the Spirit, you can know it. And we are urged to live a life spiritually alive. I have a, a great illustration that really... Um, spoke into my message today. I've got a, a friend. He told me anytime that I use him as an example in my messages to, to use the name Larry. So my buddy Larry, uh, he is uh, an EMT and he was super excited. He got to work uh, Thursday and he said, Matt, I got the call. I got the call. And he's, he's just starting out, you know, with that. He, this is his kind of his volunteer thing that he does as an EMT. But he had uh, responded to a call. He was one of the first ones there to a, an elderly woman with chest pains. And this lady has a live-in nurse. And, and the first thing she said to Larry was, uh, her heartbeat and everything is perfectly fine. I, I, don't, I don't know what's wrong. Well, Larry, he got out his, what he needed, the tools to check her pulse and to check her uh, blood pressure. And he immediately said, no, we have a major problem. This is high blood pressure Firemen, more EMTs arrived. They double-checked. 
Yes, sure enough, she had high blood pressure. But he, maybe kind of a prideful thing, he's like, yes, yes, I, I got it. You know, I was right. And he was just celebrating in that, that, that what he was taught, he was able to use, and it was accurate. And, and on the whole topic of, of being spiritually alive, I, I just wonder if, if as you're waiting in the doctor's office and you're waiting for the, the nurse to come in to check your blood pressure, what if it was Jesus that came? He wouldn't put the, the blood pressure, pressure cuff on your, your arm. He, he, would, he would immediately speak to you. He would immediately love on you. And I think a lot of us, he would challenge us to go deeper. He knows right where we are at today. He desires us to go deeper and become more spiritually alive. Not just someone with a pulse, not someone with just a heartbeat, but truly and spiritually being alive. I think a, a lot of us, we may fall victim to, which I think initially in the younger years is a good thing, but uh, a learned behavior, uh, Christianese um, uh, just the way of doing church. I think a lot of us know what to do, what not to do, where to go, where not to go, what you should say, what you shouldn't say. But what does it mean to be spiritually alive? You think of when God created man, God created Adam. It wasn't just life in the physical, but it was also life in the physical or the spiritual. Point number one, you are spiritually alive when you are flourishing in your gifts and using them to glorify God. So as we read in, in verse 24, it says that Apollos, he was an eloquent, gifted speaker. He was powerful in his preaching of the scriptures. The New King James version of that verse says that he was mighty in the scriptures. It was his gift. He knew the word. We all have gifts. And it's interesting that a lot of times when we look at our friends or our coworkers or people we, we come into contact first, we, we notice the giftings in others, but we don't recognize the gifts that God has given us. 1 Peter 4.10, if you have your Bibles, turn to that, please. We also have it up on the screen. 1 Peter 4.10 says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. So a lot of us, we may not even know that we have a gift. We may not even know that we can identify what gifts, giftings we have. Uh, one of the things that initially would, would make me really tense and, and nervous at times is I have a, a pastor that recognizes some things in my life and he says, how about, how about you do this? Or how, how about you guys pray about such and such and just get back to me? I have a, a pastor who really doesn't let me just do what I want to do. And I'm thankful for that. I think I, I am good at rising to the occasion when something is asked of me. But honestly, there, there's a, a laziness in me to where I'd rather just kind of be introverted, kind of, Focus on me. But thankfully, every one of us, each and every Sunday when you are here, you have a message where, where you are challenged. And I am thankful for that. So we all have some gifts. Gifts are a true evidence that you are spiritually alive. So 
sorry if, if this is offense, but if you feel like you have no giftings, then maybe, maybe you're not spiritually alive. Maybe through Apollos' life, we can, we can dive in and maybe get something of it and that will prompt you to the next step. Pastor David, he, he invests in my life. He invests in all of our lives. But don't wait on the pastor to be challenging you. Allow the Spirit to speak to you in the, in the next steps that you're about to take. Point number two, you are spiritually alive when you are growing in the Word of God. The point with Apollos was that he was already powerful in the Scriptures, but only to a point. He was accurate in everything he taught about Jesus up to a point. I wonder what point I am at or you are at in your love for Jesus. With the Word of God, finding Jesus in the Word. Colossians 2, 6 and 7. If you would turn there, please. Colossians 2, verses 6 and 7. Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, having been firmly rooted and now being built up in Him and established in your faith, just as you were instructed and overflowing with gratitude. You know, this might be an old picture for you and sorry for you younger uh, kids here. Maybe you know what I'm talking about. But something that I had in, in my home and I really wasn't raised in a Christian home, but the, the footprints in the sand uh, quotes and, and, and many different quotes, but it's just the, the picture of the shore and you have the two footprints that is just going up. And, and I don't know if there's a picture where uh, I've heard it illustrated before where there's two footprints, but then it, it narrows down into just one. But <clears throat> I've always heard it and I, I really envision it. Maybe you, you would see this too, but I've always envisioned it that Jesus is not behind me. He is not in front of me, but he is walking alongside of me. And <clears throat> I'll be totally honest with you. There's, there's no co-workers here today, but I had this last week, <clears throat> I had a week. I put in the most hours that I've ever put in in my entire life. I'm not asking for anyone to be sorry for me, but something that Jen and I have been questioning God, which is okay to do. We've been questioning God, why? What, what is the reason? What is the purpose? Many of you that know me, I am very structured. I am not loose. I'm not a rubber band. I plan. I am strict. But when you have expectations of an employer that you can't just say, okay, five o'clock, I'm leaving. There's work to do. There's expectations. There's no break. There's no lunch. Hammer down. I think God has nothing to do with a silly racing engine. I think it has something to do with me personally. That God is trying to break me. I'm solid as, not a two by four, I think I'm as solid as a six by six. I think maybe a piece of steel. But I, I just wonder, it was great to hear Doug um, before we, we started off today, uh, just how he recognized that when he first came here a few years ago, it's been a few years, uh, 
that he had certain kids that we were praying for and just where they are at today or they are serving up here on the worship team they're serving in the back and <clears throat> I wonder if you were to, to look at this recording of Matt today in the year 2018 in September in 10 years from now what, what is going to happen what, where, where am I going to be at is Matt going to be up here again in 10 years speaking every quarter and Pastor David having me speak Am I going to share, oh, I've had a week. They, they really put me for, through the ringer. But there's a point that we're going to look at. Sorry if I'm delaying. But there's a point that Apollos, who was a gifted speaker, he, he came from Alexandria. And then he was, he was a, a very wealthy person. He was very well educated. But he just reached a point. Warren Wiersbe wrote, it wasn't that Apollos' message was inaccurate or insincere. It was just incomplete. He was an Old Testament believer, not yet a New Testament Christian. So we, we understand out of Scripture that he had the baptism of John. What, is it, what does that mean? Well, who was John the Baptist? He was preparing the way for the Messiah. So many believe that Apollos may have been baptized, like literally baptized by John, but he didn't know all that had happened to Jesus. And I, I wonder if it's something with, with the area that he was living and when Jesus actually was crucified, that he died and that he was risen. This is a very close time period of, of when that happened, but Apollos had yet not heard that the Messiah, he knew of Jesus, but he didn't know that the Messiah had already died, was crucified, and was risen. So his, his theology was incomplete. The thing about Apollos was that he wasn't satisfied at reaching a point. We read that two tent makers, Priscilla and Aquila, and they were able to take him beyond. True act of discipleship. Verse 26 says, Priscilla and Aquila heard him and took him aside and explained the way of God even more accurately. So here we have an ordinary married couple, likely older than Apollos. They were uneducated. Apollos, certainly from where he came from, he was educated. They made tents for a living. The question is, would Apollos listen? Evidently he did. And he becomes an example of what it takes to grow up spiritually, to develop in God's Word. So that's encouragement for each and every one of us. It, it certainly happens in my life, mostly when we gather together as men and we, we share Scripture and we share prayer requests. But Apollos was, was willing to listen. Priscilla and Aquila, it's pretty amazing that they took aside Apollos, whether it was over dinner or out to lunch, we don't exactly know what took place there, but they, they, were, they were intent on speaking to him and giving him what he needed to go further. So this whole topic of authority uh, with say what in youth, really, this ties right into to this right here in my message. Uh, so how do you respond uh, maybe when someone tells you that you are wrong? or that you are misled, or that your theology is screwed up. 
It's at these moments when spiritual growth is either stunned or spurred on. And this is not a, a, a tell everything about Matt day, but my spiritual moment where I went deeper was only 10 years ago. Became a Christian 12 years ago, but I was headed down 115 with my pastor down to the YMCA in Davidson. There was going to be an Easter service. And I think I was just sharing about some things I was struggling with. And my pastor said, and this, this cut, this, this was deep. He said, Matt, th- there just comes a point in your life where you need to grow up. You need to be a big boy. You're not a 15-year-old teenager anymore. The way that mom and dad raised you, yeah, they, they screwed up. They, they divorced. They still don't like each other. It is what it is, but you need to start to own who you are. That whole theory that people believe that they are a product of their environment, I believe that up into a certain point, but when you become an adult, it's on you. And I went, I went deeper because I, seriously, if I would have strayed away and been mad with him and left the church, I would probably be, still be dealing with the same old junk. Seriously. Dive deeper. So I moved beyond a point after some tough words from a friend. And you think of Aquila and Priscilla. They spoke up. We are thankful for them. We'll see later on in the, in the, in the scriptures that Apollos was truly a blessing once he received this. So Apollos was flourishing in his gifting, mighty in the word. And the third thing is, you are spiritually alive when you are growing in the way of God. So point number two, the word of the Lord. Point number three, the way of the Lord. He was well educated in the way of the master. Psalm 25, verses four and five. Show me the right path, O Lord. Point out the road for me to follow. Lead me by your truth and teach me, for you are the God who saves me. All day long I put my hope in you. So show me your ways and lead me in your truths. Another point is that, you know, many theologians, I personally don't know some professional theologian, but they may come across dry. They may come across boastful, prideful. They have the knowledge, but, but they don't love. You think of, of someone who, who maybe knows the word. You think of someone that is younger than you. You think of an 18-year-old that, that may have in-depth knowledge of Scripture, but they try giving you parenting advice. <laughs> I've heard it before. So if we are spiritually alive, we are not just growing in the word, but we are also growing in the way giftings and um, the fruits of the Spirit. I have uh, something that came to me that I, I guess I really haven't thought too much about, but the illustration of the dove as the Holy Spirit. Four square, uh, one of the squares is a dove. I don't know if any of you have heard this before, but I, I just learned of this is that there's nine primary feathers on each wing of a dove. 
So you've got, obviously, two wings. But there's nine gifts of the Spirit. There's nine fruits of the Spirit. And if you were to disable the one wing, that, that dove would be, I don't want to say it would be useless, but it couldn't fly, right? So you need giftings and you need fruit. You should have evidence of fruit if you have giftings. If you have fruit, then you should have a gift. I thought that was interesting. I don't know how you hear out of Scripture how the Holy Spirit, like a dove, descended on Jesus when he came up out of the water. Interesting. I I thought that was great to share. But a spiritually alive person has vibrancy. They should be full of energy. They should be full of life. Uh, Youthful in spirit. It should show. I'm thankful for the churches that are solid in the way of the Lord. I think of whenever we come early in the morning, it's, it's at least two churches that I've seen at least um, that you see just the pastor's car in the parking lot getting ready. You're like this morning, Southside Baptist, Baptist the, the pastor was making his way. And I just, I think about them churches and I'm thankful for them churches. Point number four, you are spiritually alive when your passion is increasing. He was well-educated in the way of the Master and fiery in his enthusiasm. Romans 12, 11 says, Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Apollos was fervent in spirit. He displayed a passionate, burning, boiling intensity. I don't need a towel up here to wipe the sweat off, but sometimes I get a little bit excited. I think that's a good thing. I think all of us, we need to question what, what gets us motivated. We all have hobbies, desires. We're, we're blessed to, to work in nice places, but our number one priority needs to be serving the Lord. You don't have to be an outward person to be fervent in spirit. It's an internal thing. It's, it's a heart thing. Number five, you are spiritually alive when you are humble. So it takes a humble man, it takes a humble woman to be able to stay teachable, to be able to grow. You know, some of the language, even in the New Testament, really doesn't um, view women as leadership or someone to listen to, but I think you could simply argue that because it was Priscilla that pulled Apollos aside. There's so much wisdom that I get from my wife, and I'll totally admit that. I think, I think that we need to be recognizing that some of them little girls that we've got in youth or in kids' church, they may be the next preacher. They may be the next preacher up here. A lot of times that, that you guys, I really feel like you're sincere, most of you, uh, but that you're, you're excited to hear me preach or, or that, oh, you're speaking today. Well, I, I think it'd be great to hear my wife I think it'd be great to hear many of you women. There's, there's insight that, that all of us have, and I, I think that's a great example. Maybe I'm maybe a little biased. I have three daughters, so I'm all about girl power. <laughs> so all, all of these verses, everything we're tying into is the Holy Spirit. So if we're passionate about the Holy Spirit, the things of God... Our church, bold in our faith, 
we understand that there's direction, that we're moving forward. We're called to dive deeper. Our world should be increasing. Our thinking should be expanded. Our minds should be renewed. And as you look in verse 27, And when Apollos arrived there, he proved to be of great benefit to those who by God's grace had believed. So he became a great blessing. We see a wonderful example of a man who was truly gifted only to a point. And through these wonderful servants of God, pulled him aside and gave him more. So maybe there's a couple here today. Maybe there's an individual here today that could provide insight to me. Maybe, maybe when I'm done speaking, you can, you can say, hey, Matt, let me tell you this. There's always more. And as I close, Ephesians 6.6 6 counsels us to be doing the will of God from the heart. God wants to take you deeper in Him. He's got some things in store for you that no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived. For the parents in the room, may this be a challenge to you. I question who is impacting your children. I'm sure you're doing the best that you can, but how about the teachers? How about the church? Are you providing an opportunity and an environment for your your child to be here? And then if you were to look at your own life, think of who impacted you. Who pulled you aside in those younger years? Who invested? Who volunteered out of their heart and their love for their Lord to counsel you and to spend time with you? Let's close in prayer. Father God, I, I thank you in times like this, Lord God, where I am I'm really getting a lot out of your word and and out of life, Lord. Many things that I question, that we question, Lord God, may we know that you know it all. May we know that your desire is for us to be still in moments where, where we can experience your grace, your mercy, your love, and your kindness. I thank you, Lord, that you follow me, that you walk beside me, that you comfort me, Lord God, that you lift me up and you carry me. Father God, may, may we be purposeful, Lord. Help us to live, growing, not reaching a point and stopping, but moving onward and upward. Father God, I pray for that resonant pulse, Lord God. May we be more alive today than ever before, Lord. Help us to experience more of you as we dive deeper and pursue the life that you're calling us to. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. My wife and I will make ourselves available if anyone would like to come down for prayer and as well as Pastor David and Stasha as you make your way out. Thank you. Have a blessed day.